You know, there's an invitation being extended today. And it is to those who don't know Jesus, but it also is to everyone who names the name of Jesus. Every significant breakthrough in my life has been in conjunction with a revelation. Uh, when, when, when the world that God lives in is seen for what it is, it brings an alignment. God is coming to give us His reality. And His reality is the only one that liberates. It's the only one that sets your mind free. Right now, there are people in confusion who's, who are being assaulted by demonic spirits. And there's an invitation to enter into the reality of God. There's an invitation today to be to enter into another level of what is truly, truly real. There is one reality, and the end of time will declare that one reality. As the world that's been pulled over our eyes is dismissed and torn down, and we suddenly see it as it is. It's an illusion. It's an elaborate lie. It is designed to steal, kill, and destroy from you. But God is saying, listen, if you draw near to me, I'll enter. I'll, I'll allow you to enter into my reality. And the freedom, oh, the freedom, oh, the freedom. Lord, we say yes to you. It's had moments like this that I wish we had all the time in the world. Listen, the objective, the, the, the baseline objective of your faith is to participate in the return of Jesus. And that's why we're told, pray this way, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Use your faith, he's saying, to pull on the kingdom, to pull on the reign of heaven. That's why it says in Revelations, the spirit and the bride say, come. It's the deep, it's the undergirding, it is the baseline desire of the church and the spirit is the merging between heaven and earth. That this realm would be invaded by reality. There's a reason why God is looking for worshipers. And not just people who say things equivalent to his nature or his desire, but people who worship in spirit and in truth. I want to be the first to admit there are things about the kingdom of heaven I do not understand. Yet we are called the Bible says to hasten the return of Jesus. We are called to participate in the return of Jesus in ways we yet do not understand. We're learning to worship God in spirit and truth. Just this morning I was reading in Jeremiah and God is interacting with the prophet now, if you think you know what this is about, think again. God is talking to the prophet, and he says to them, he says, listen, take this cup and make the nations drink. And he starts telling the, him, the naming the nations and what them drinking this is going to do. And I'm, I'm thinking, I had never even really recognized that this was a real thing. Something is about to happen in the nations, he's saying, and it's going to happen because you, Jeremiah the prophet, as my agent in the earth, are going to facilitate this. Now, God may not be calling you to feed the nations a drink today because we're probably not there. But the question is, as his ambassadors on earth... 
What role are we meant to play other than just waiting for his return? Could it be that there are layers and layers and layers of function that the body of Christ is meant to walk in, but because we're not willing to understand, because tradition has told us, well, this is what we do. We gather, we sing a couple of songs, we read a scripture, we say one day he's going to return, it's all going to be better, and then we go home until next week. That's not what the church, his ambassadors, the ones who are hastening his return, that's not the limits of our role. So we say today, Holy Spirit, help us. Help us, Holy Spirit. We say again today, teach us the things we don't know. Show us the things we have not understood and seen. Ah, This is our deep desire, Lord, that we could be useful for your purposes. And everybody said... Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We're singing the, I think it was the very first song. It just grabbed my spirit. All my attention is on you. Amen. And I had had an experience with the Lord many, many years ago. And uh, where he took me out of my body. And I was with Jesus in this room. And I was being distracted by certain things but it was basically the light from shining into this room that shouldn't have been there and it was light from the world these windows but it just brought me right back to that room literally when you were singing all my attention because I was being distracted by these windows in this room which was literally the uh, holy of holies that's what the representation of that room was where I was with Jesus but these light was coming in from these windows. And I say, why are these windows even here? What's going on? Like, these shouldn't be here. And the light was, you know, it was like driving in a car when the, the sun is just light, shining right in. And you're, you're trying to see clearly the road. And you can't, right? You get, put your sunglasses on, doesn't work. You get your shade. So what do you do? You got to go like this, like that light there, you know? <laughs> and... Uh, and I'm saying, and I asked Jesus, I said, Jesus, what, what is that? And he goes, he says, those are the windows that you have left open to the world in your life. And I said, I asked him, I said, well, can't you close them? He goes, no. He says, you're the only one who can close those. And I was getting frustrated and distracted. And then Jesus look, said something to me very sharply, though. He said, Kim, look at me. Look at me. And that was like that word. It said, keeping our attention. And, and then the scripture, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Right? Fixing our eyes. Do you know what it means to fix our eyes? It's like when your wife comes out and she's all dolled up and make, make up and everything's perfect and whew, you can't get your eyes off of her. You know, I'm fixing my eyes on her. Woohoo! You know? And, and it's like without distraction. And that's what I felt the Spirit of the Lord is saying. People, there's a lot of distraction right now that the world is bringing. Can I have an amen? Amen. Or am I the only one being distracted? Like there's these distractions that are coming. Wars, rumors of wars, upheavals, problems. When we wonder the direction, which way are we going? What's going to happen? What's going on? And I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying to, to us, people, Fix your eyes on Jesus. Take off the distractions from the world and close the windows to the world because there's a lot of us that have windows that are still open to the things of the world. And we wonder why we're distracted. It's because of that. Amen? Amen. And so when the Lord reminds us, shut the, win- shut the, shut the window to the world. But let's focus on the Lord Jesus because what's coming, I think, is, is there's just some amazing things happening. I shared this with Pastor Chris and, and uh, I, you know what? I want to call you apostle. I've never called him apostle before. But I feel the sense of I'm supposed to, you know, like to, to more in that sense. Amen. I'm very serious about that. You know, I like to joke, but that's like I just all of a sudden didn't want to call you pastor. There's a promotion coming, Pastor Mark, Apostle Mark, Prophet Mark. 
I don't know, friend Mark? <laughs> Amen. But I had a dream about, well, eight, nine days ago now. And uh, this isn't the message, but it ties into the message that I want to share, which I'm going to be sharing about, guess what? Missions. <laughs> My favorite topic. <laughs> but uh, nine days ago, um, I had this clear word from the Lord, like the Holy Spirit speaking to me. And I'm sure many of you have had the same thing. Sometimes you, you hear the Holy Spirit just talk to you and, you know, you're communicating with the Lord day by day, daily. But then there's sometimes where it's like this attention. It's like a sharp word, super clear. And that was what this, this one word was. And he said, he said, Kim, he said, there have been many things that are being deferred right now being delayed in the world because of the prayers and the intercessions of the church. But he says, however, they are only going to be delayed so long. And he says, but he says, what this delay is depends on the church. How long do they want these, these imminent things that are going to take place in the world? Um, how long do you want them to be held off? And he says, it depends on your prayers and it depends on your intercession but they are coming. This is what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. They are coming. Be ready. And, and then I, in the same sense of all this, not in words, but in a, in a sense of it was a, a very serious thing that's coming, but yet it was, it was a difficult thing for the world, but a glorious thing for the church. I just had that sense, this glorious thing for the church. Amen. And the reason for the being deferred and, and being held off. And so sometimes we get these prophetic words that we hear. And you say, why isn't it happening? Because the Lord says, I'm going to delay even my, the, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So that as many souls as possible can be saved. Amen. Amen? Amen. But it depends on us as to the, when that actually takes place. Then that night I had a dream. I had a God dream. And I, haven't, I used to have these Dream, God dreams all the time. I haven't had one for a while. Which uh, then when I woke up, I told my wife right away. I said, Lynn, I just had this dream. I mean, it was a God dream. It wasn't a pizza dream. And, uh, and it was uh, very, very uh, powerful. And in the dream, and this is pertinent to, to you guys and to this church. But uh, I found myself in this airport. Big airport. I didn't know where it was. But Everybody was Asian. So, so I, I had the sense it was China, but honestly, I didn't know. But uh, it could have been Korea, could have been um, Taiwan, wherever. But it just had the sense Asia, okay? And I believe that's what it was about. And I was in this big meeting room, but there were a large, large team with me. And uh, that mostly from North America. And some of the people I recognized, but most I didn't. But we were all together on a mission. I knew that much. And I'm in this room, and all of a sudden, a bunch of the, the, the team comes to me, and they say, Kim, we got to go. We have to go. Our flight is leaving right now, and we can't miss it. It is absolutely vital that we're on this plane. And I said, but no, we can't leave yet. There's something here. And i just like, there's something here I'm supposed to do. And they said, no, well, we're going to meet you there. We're going, we're going to meet you at the, uh, at, the, uh, at the gate. So I get, when they go there, I'll be right with you. And I just heard the Lord say, touch that woman, this, this Asian woman. And, and we're in this big meeting room. And these people clearly were not believers. They were not Christian, but they were, they were of significant importance, these people. And so I leaned over and I just touched, he said, just touch your head. And I just reached over and I touched her head and she went flying across the room, fell onto the ground, hit her head. And I even, like, I clearly see this. Bam! And, you know, reverb, you know, boink, boink, boink. And then, what's going on? And everyone else started to, what's what happening? What's happening? And you could feel this, all of a sudden, rush of the Spirit of God fill the room. A spirit of revival, like a sense of revival that, that hit. And then, and then I just knew, I just touched Another one touched another one, and they started falling down, and everyone's going, this, what's going on? They've never seen this before. It was very clear that this was, this was something that was brand new. They've never witnessed this. They've never seen this. Then the team comes back into the room, and they said, our flight has been delayed. 
Our flight's been delayed. And it's, it, they said, but we have to be ready at any given moment because they don't know when it's, when it's going to take off. So you have to hear the, 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 um, the announcement and you have to get back to the, to the thing immediately when it comes, when it happens. And we've had this sense of urgency in this, but then all of a sudden that spirit that was in the room started to go throughout the airport. And it started just moving, and the teams just started going out, healing and ministering and touching people. Bam, bam, bam. And, and everyone's just looking around. What's going on? What is this? And then all of a sudden, the announcement hits. The flight's leaving. And we had to, we had to, to go. And then I woke up. And I felt this is, I mean, clearly with what the Spirit of the Lord told me earlier in the day in regards to this. And I truly believe that this is... Uh, the coming of the Lord, number one. But it has other significant meanings to it as well. And number one is that God is going to take the church, and he's going to take churches like this that are going to be at the spur of the moment, willing, willing to go out and to touch those who need it. Amen? But leaders, what, these, were, these were not insignificant people. These were prominent figures and so so he and then then in the end of the he says tell the leaders share this with the leaders he that's what he said the leaders he didn't say the church but i believe this is a leader apostolic church amen so there got that off my chest i wanted to share that so take that pray into that people pray into that oh namashat now, the role of a missionary. I want to share this because, you know, sometimes we get this, this vision and concept of what a missionary is and what missions is. And if you're a missionary, the call of a missionary, you have a different kind of viewpoint than most other people do. Most other people have this romantic vision of, of missions. Oh, I'd love to be a missionary. And they go and, and you know, we can... We can save the world. We can raise the dead. We can cast out the devils and everything else. You know, no, it's not quite like that. Although that's what we do anyway, right? <laughs> but missions is far more than just a romantic notion of going somewhere exotic, setting up shop for God, amen, building churches. Doesn't that sound, doesn't that sound romantic? Ooh, you know, starting a church somewhere, amen. Preaching to the lost. Anyone ever want to come and preach to the lost? So you don't get the opportunities to do that here as much. You come to the mission field, you get to preach wherever you want. You know, it's like, we'll set up shop on the corner, you know, like that. Doesn't that sound romantic? Until it's your turn to say, okay, get up and do it. (laughs) What, what, what? (laughs) It's about fulfilling the very mandate of God in the Great Commission. That's That's what missions is about. Missions isn't, the work of a few brave souls going out where no man has gone before. This is where, Ben, I should have you up there playing the Star Trek music. <laughs> going where no man has gone before. That is our call. That is our purpose for missions, the Great Commission. Going where no one's gone before. One of my greatest experiences is going up into the mountains in Guatemala many years ago, and they've never seen a white guy before. You want to have a cool experience. And I brought a red-headed lady with us, this redhead. And she's, she was a pretty awesome lady. And uh, she was there, and she wanted to come. And this is not, was not an easy trip. This was like m- several hours. Have you ever seen the story or the, the, uh, uh, the little videos of the, the buses going over and we're almost on the cliff? That was us. I've got the video. I mean, literally, it was like, and then a bus comes. We're in a car. We have to back up. And I'm not kidding, it's like maybe 12 feet across until get to a point where the bus can literally sneak through. And we're several hours that way. Then we get there, and then it's about five hours hiking up the mountains and going over little barbed wire fence fence, um, uh, bridges where it's about 100 foot down going in through the rapids. I love this kind of, I'm saying, this is really cool until my backpack uh, got snagged on the barbed wire and it fell into the water. 
I'm not joking. He didn't take me with it. But one of our guides, the guy, he saw that. I said, oh, that's gone. He says, I guess I'm sleeping on the concrete or something. But, but uh, the guy actually literally climbed down the cliff, grabbed it in the water for me, and climbed back up and got it for me. Well, that's pretty cool. I thought that was pretty neat, you know, because I wasn't going to get it. <laughs> Missions is the work of every believer who calls on the name of the Lord. Do we have any missionaries here? Every one of you have a call to missions. You may not have a call to full-time missions, but you have a call to missions. Mark, he has a call to missions. We call him the five-star missionary, though. <laughs> I have a few of those, right? Pastor Francis, he's, he's one of our five-star missionary friends. So when they come, they get the royal treatment because, you know, they just, that's who they are, man. You know, what can I say? <laughs> Without the mandate of the Great Commission, the church is just a club mm. for Christians. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. take away the mandate, yeah. the Great Commission. What have we got? Seriously. We come and encourage each other. We worship the Lord, which is awesome. But it's an encouragement. But it, it totally defeats the whole purpose. Our, our reason for being. Amen? Amen? Yeah. Missions is hard work. It's rolling up your sleeves, getting into places that need cleaning up from the worldly filth and the dirt, from ungodly people, from demonic sources that come and pollute the world, pollute people. That's what missions is about, is going into the world, cleaning up the filth through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, through the love of, of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's our job. It's going in, cleaning that up. Amen. From where ungodly men have desecrated over the land and spit in the face of God. So we come and we stand and we say, no more. Where we stand against the principalities and powers. That's the job of the missionary. Yeah. That is the job. That's what the Great Commission is about. It is not a romantic vision. Although every once in a while, we do get to go to the beach. Amen. Amen. It's loving the unlovely. It's helping the helpless. It's cleansing the lepers. Have you ever heard that somewhere before? Who's he talking about? He's talking about you guys. That's what we're called to do. Help the unlovely. Heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers. Raise the dead. And he's not talking about a precious few people. He's talking about his excellent ones. Yeah. Amen? Amen? He's talking about his excellent ones. It's, it's about feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, healing the sick. That's what missions is about. That's what we're called to do as a church. Yeah. That's what Alberta Linked is about. In a different form, different structure, but that's what it's there for. Equipping the saints, preparing us. So, and, and then that is why there's a deference to the things that God is saying is going to come on the world. Because he says, my children are praying one more. Just one more. My mom, who was a soul winner, 100% soul winner. Um, I wish you guys could have known her. She's the kind of woman who was literally, she'd embarrass me. Because <laughs> she was so bold. Right, she didn't. We're walking down City Park in in Kelowna, and and she, her, and and my her her husband, which is my second dad, same name though, Harold, and they were walking, and all of a sudden I hear them talking. I turn around, and they're talking to these two girls, and and uh, I said, oh, I wonder they must know them. So I turn, around, I go, Lynn and I go back, and then Lynn, my mom's, all of a sudden they fall on their knees and they're crying and, and everything else. I go, what's going on? She says, oh, well, the Lord stopped me. And he says, he, she, my mom said, says, uh, your name is Susan, isn't it? And the girl goes, yeah. Huh? How do you know my name? She goes, God just told me. And then she read her mail for a little bit more. She says, you've fallen away from God and you need to come back to the Lord. And she starts crying and falls on her knees and starts praying. And there's people all over. This is in the middle of summer in Kelowna, right? And, and people are, what's going on? And, I, and you know, I was actually slightly embarrassed. It was kind of weird. Because everyone's looking at us, you know, like, what's going on? What's going on? It's just my mom. Don't worry. Senior citizen, you know. <laughs> And they, get, and they give their lives to the Lord, and then we carry on. That was my mom. Wow. 
Amen. But that's what we should all be like. Having that Holy Ghost boldness to go out into the world where no one's gone before. Amen. Praise God. I like this amen guys over here. This is what it's about. It's about being Christ on the earth. Whatever he did, we should be doing too. And that is our mark. That's what we have to test. Look at. Am I doing what Christ did? Or am I even trying to do what he did? Am I feeding the sick? Feeding the hungry? Am I healing the sick? Am I going, am I making a difference? Am I making a difference? Amen? So only you can determine that. Examine yourself. Amen? Missions is your own backyard. It's not out in Guatemala. It's not out in Asia. It's not other places, although that's part of it. It's your own backyard. It's right here. Get a part. Be a part of it. Do something. Amen? Then he says, missions is preaching to every creature, especially to those who have not heard the good news of the gospel. Can I have an amen to that? Amen. How many, when's the last time you preached to somebody? When's the last time you shared Jesus Christ? Good question, isn't it? That's something that we should be looking for every day I was in a restaurant not too long ago, and the Spirit of the Lord, this waitress was serving us, and, and the Holy Spirit says, I want you to give her $50. I think it was $50. I go, what? 50 bucks? I'm a missionary God. I need money. No. <laughs> Didn't quite say that, but, but it was like, this is in Guatemala. And, uh, and, and I, I just said, here, you know, the Lord just told me that you have need, and I just wanted to give you this. Now, that's a big, big, for her, that's like a week's wage, literally. So, so I gave it to her, and she broke down. And this is in the middle of the restaurant. Broke down, started to cry, and, and she says, I, I have no money for my kids. I was wondering where, when I was going to, and I was to do with her rent. She says, I have, uh, this is going to cover it now. She says, how did you know? And I said, no, I didn't know. Just God just told me you have a need. And so I was, I was, all I did was respond. And she gave her life to the Lord right there. Wow. That's how it's done. Be bold. Don't be afraid when the Spirit of the Lord... How many hear, hear from the Holy Spirit? When the Spirit of the Lord says something to you, do it. Yes. Amen? That's yes. being a missionary. Right. In Mark sixteen fifteen, Jesus said to his believers, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Amen? And he was sharing that to his believers. So... I want to share a little bit. Um, what does it mean to preach the gospel? What does it mean to preach? So he's talk, talking to you guys, right? He's not talking to Pastor Chris, Apostle Mark. They're, they already do this. It's their job. They get paid for it, though, right? They get paid for it, so they should do it. You should do it more. No. <laughs> but I want to share this first. I was sharing this before, but it's been stuck in my spirit. Psalm 16, 2 and 3. And, and I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. But as for the saints in the land, they are the excellent ones. In whom is all my delight. God looks at you as, as his excellent ones. I shared that last month, I think. You know, the Lord pricked in my spirit on that. And then Mark grabbed it. And, and I mean, it was, it's just such an awesome little word you're his excellent ones and in another scripture you're his heroes and heroes what do they do they save people who need saving that's what they do so god said you're my heroes in the world amen Amen. but the the scripture before that is is just as important it says i have no good apart from you i'm a loser god without you i'm a loser I have no good in me. Mark, Mark shares that all the time. You know that? Yeah. His, that? He does. He shares that all the time. He says it has nothing to do with how good we are. Yeah. It's staggering to think that God imputed my wickedness on Christ. Yeah. It's amazing. Chastising him for my sin. Yeah. And then he imputed Christ's 
Righteousness to me, rewarding me for Christ's sacrifice. And therefore, he turns it around, and then he says, Wow, you look just like my son. My excellent one. My hero who's going to save the world. Woo! And then you look in the mirror and you go, Who is he looking at? (laughs) Seriously. Who is he looking at? He's looking at the Christ in you. It's unfathomable, unfathomable grace that we can't comprehend, we can't earn, we can't do anything about it except receive it. Amen? So, what does it mean to preach? What does it mean to preach? When he says... He instructed us to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And then, uh, it was about a month ago, I was just looking, through, up, looking that up a little bit, and it just pierced my heart. I said, do you know what the word preach? Jesus said the word preach. Now, he would have clearly understood the meaning because it was a Greek word. But it was, the word to preach is keruxo. And the, the word preacher is akerax. And it was actually a title that has been around for uh, like thousands of years. There was, there was preachers way before, but not, not for God. It was a term used for the king's right-hand man. When the king had an edict and he had to declare something or a new rule, a new law, he had his kerox. That's what the name. His preacher. That was the actual literal word Jesus used for us. And then, you know, it says, when he said to go and preach the gospel, did he mean to go and you have to bring your pulpit? You have your own pulpit and you plunk it down. Now you, have to, now you can preach because you have a pulpit? No. He says you build your own pulpit, but you are a preacher of God. So I want to share real quick what this means because it's, it's pretty cool. Where did he ever say that we have to publicly stand and have a pulpit? Nowhere. Amen. But the word preach comes from that word caruso. This is what it means. To be a herald, to officiate as a herald, to proclaim after the manner of a herald. Always the suggestion of formality, gravity, and an authority which must be listened to and obeyed. To publish, proclaim openly something which has been done by the king or the, or the head of state. Is used of the public proclamation of the gospel and matters pertaining to it made by John the Baptist, by Jesus, and by the other apostles. When they went out to preach, they were called the God's kerex. Amen? The preacher, the kerex, was a herald or a messenger vested with public authority who conveyed the official messages of kings, magistrates, princes, military commanders, who gave a public summons or a demand and performed various other duties. In the New Testament, God's ambassadors and the herald or proclaimer of the divine word. That's what that word preach means and to be a preacher. Now in the, in the Old Testament, back in those, in those days, there were the kings of the land, and they would always have their, their head guy. Some of them, the satrap, is another, there's other words other than, in, other than in Greek, but it was the exact same word. And they, he says, that this was the importance of the preacher. He says, their job was to iterate every demand, every edict, every law, every order that the king wanted to convey to his people. And it was the job of the, of the Kerox to then to go and with pen and paper write out word for word what the king wanted to say. And then the, then the, the, uh, the, the, the Kerox, the preacher, had to go out publicly and make this declaration. And he wouldn't say, I am saying, he says, the word of the king. And he, would ha- and he said it, he had to say, share it word for word what the king was saying. And not only did he have to say it word for word, he also had to use yeah. with enthusiasm because he was the literal king's representative. Yeah. And so if he, if he was, was uh, not enthusiastic about the word, if he didn't speak with a voice of authority, if he wasn't well-dressed... 
Have you noticed I'm being a little better dressed lately, Mark? Just a little bit? Yeah, Mustermanos. He was, he's always bugging me about how I'm dressed. Well, the Lord kind of convicted me a few months ago. Literally, he says, Kim, I want you to start dressing better. I said, really? I said, well, I'm a missionary. No one cares. No. <laughs> he says, I care. So I said, okay. And then, and then I started reading this afterwards. I said, oh, wow. But he says, here's the, here's the thing. The, the, the kerax was the second highest position in the land. Next to the king. Because he was the literal representation of the king. And this, was, this is what would happen. Had he, if he gets the words wrong, if he shares anything extra on his own, he was killed. In, not, not in every, but in most, most of the societies that he'd be killed. Sometimes he would be in, thrown in jail or whatever, but most parts, he was, he was killed. Serious stuff. Amen? And the scripture talks about that. Don't add any words. And don't take away any words. Amen? And so this is the serious job that we have as missionaries. We are as preachers. We're called. But we, weren't, we, were, we have also the authority of the king. We have the authority to go and do what he's called us to do. We see a counterfeit today that's taking place. The media is, in a way, a preacher. But they're conveying, it's a counterfeit word that they're conveying messages of other leaders and dignitaries and kings sharing their opinion to the world and to us but it's a counterfeit of what yeah. God has called us to do. Yeah. And therefore, if we don't share it and we don't say, say what the king is truly saying yeah. to the world, how are they going to know? Yeah. How will they know if there's not a preacher? Amen? Amen? We can't have our own agenda. Right. You know, in Philippians 2, 19, 21 to 21, it says, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon. And this is Paul talking about his favorite church, the Philippians. Does anyone here have a favorite church? Oh, it's here. Oh, okay. <laughs> Woo! Good one, Mark, eh? Aren't you glad? No. But it says, I hope to send Timothy to you soon so that I too may be cheered by news of you, for I have no one like him. So here's Paul saying, I have Timothy. Amen? He's, he's, my, he's my preacher, on my behalf. And I'm sending him to you because I can't. I'm in jail. And he sends him to it. He says, but I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare for the rest all have their own agenda and their own interests. And he's talking about other preachers. But he says, I can't fully trust them. So we can't have our own agenda in this. Amen? As the Lord's we have an obligation to speak his words only and not our own. It must be his agenda, not ours. And he's called us to go out into all the world and preach the gospel. He's called us to go and heal the sick, raise the dead, feed the hungry, clothe the naked. All of those things. Some are physical, literal, everyday things. Some cost us money. Others cost us time. Others, other times it, it costs us uh, uh, our own humility. Amen? In every way. But we go out and we do it. This is the plea of the missionary. I wrote this out. I was praying yesterday about it. says, Lord, what can I end? How can I end this? I said, just share your heart. See, a missionary is a little bit specific, a little different than a pastor, an apostle, an evangelist. It, it's because... When you leave, we have a, a missionary's promise. It says, it says, the Lord will bless you a hundred times more in this lifetime. Those, for those who've left houses and home and lands and country, for my name's sake. So there's a, there's a promise there that we, and I, we take hold of that. We grab hold of it. Amen? So it's a little different. But what, the part of it is to leaving the comforts. Sometimes it's not easy leaving Canada the comforts 
Every once in a while, we have to have our five-star pastor friends to come. And then we get to comfort with them. <laughs> Mark comes and he says, let's stay at the Tikal Futura. Five-star hotel. Beautiful. Okay. Well, that's a tough one. I don't know if I can handle it. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> but this is the heart of a, of a missionary that I'm going to ask for. See, we have some things coming up. And... and uh, very serious. It, it's going to be the matter of thousands of souls being saved. We have several, four crusades being done in November. Mark gets to come for one of them, which is awesome. And, uh, and seminars. And we're handing out, uh, we, our plan is to hand out 3,000 um, bags of groceries to 3,000 families. And to, to uh, do a medical clinic, we're doing a large medical clinic. Where, where we hand out free medicines. And we have the doctors and everything set up and established. We have 3,000 Bibles we have to purchase. Those are the realities of missions. That's the realities of being a preacher, of, of going out into all the world. That's the reality. Amen? But this is my prayer, and I ask for you not to forget. When we go out, we won't see you guys for six months. We need to know... You. You've got our back. Seriously. It's like the word the Lord said, because of the prayers and the intercessions, things are deferred. So if I don't know I have, you have my back, it's much more difficult. So could, do you have our back? Yes. Amen. Amen. In prayer, pray for us as we go out. Remember us. Pray for when Pastor Mark Lee goes out into the You pray for him. Because that is what literally paves the way. You know how much nicer that is out there? The pavement? Nice new pavement? You don't know how nice it is until you actually have it. And then you realize how, how, how rough it was before. Right? And, uh, and so that's kind of the same thing. When the prayers come, it just smooths the road. Amen? Help us as we feed the hungry. And we heal the sick and we cast out the devils. Because when you go and confront principalities and powers, they fight back. The little demons, they're nothing. But when you start to go up into a higher levels, which we are now doing, we are now dealing with the principalities in the land. And if we don't have intercessors, if we don't, if we don't know that we have the prayer warriors backing us, it becomes very dangerous. Very dangerous. That's why even it says, it, that's why it even says the, uh, the archangel, Michael, he didn't come and rebuke and come against Satan. He said, the Lord rebuke you. Because there is a power. There is, there is a, 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 an atta- a, a battle. But when we have the backing of the saints, we have full boldness, full confidence that we're protected. Amen? Let me tell you, in the last two years, over 50 pastor friends have died in Guatemala that I know personally. That's a battle. Amen? That's a battle. We need you. Intercede for us as we fight the giants in the land. Because without that, the battle just simply takes longer. It's more, more casualties. Go with us when the opportunity presents itself. Go with us. Amen? Help us with, with when the need arises. When the Spirit of the Lord moves on you to, to help, to pray, to intercede, to give, to go, you listen. Listen. Amen? Because it's through that that we see the victory. Because this is about the, the, the salvation of the world. This is, this is not a game. This is not about us. This is about the salvation of the world. So when we go out, and in this next few months, my, my wife and I, and we have, we have, praise God, we have teams coming back again, and, and we have about, probably about 50 people coming in November and uh, to do this work and to this ministry. We say, we say to the churches, the, the, our supporters, says, pray for us, help us. We have need. We can't do it without you. But it's not about us. It's about the world. It's about the salvation of the world. And that is the Great Commission. And that is 
the job of the preacher, and that is you. Yes. Amen. 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 So let's stand. Whew. Okay, this is a miracle. Eleven thirty. What? I'm done. I'm always late. I'm always late. I'm always late. I got ten more minutes, right? No, no. Let's just pray. I hope, hope it's, it just touches you a little bit. We're all called to the Great Commission. I really, truly believe that the, the time is near. But it's still being deferred because there's still one more. Oh, I didn't even finish my mom's story. I'm going to finish it right now. And, but when she was um, ready to die, she literally was ready to die. She was the soul winner. Just always. It was always about getting someone saved. Always. Everywhere. It didn't matter where you at. You know she's going to talk to the waitress. You know she's going to talk to the guy sitting next to her. You know, like, and they, but they always come to the Lord, you know. But the Lord spoke to her. She just, or she actually talked to me. She says, Kim, I just, I want to go home. I don't want to. Her husband just died a year before, and, and she was getting dementia, and, and she says, I don't want to stay here anymore. And I says, Mom, it's okay to go. She goes, no, it's not. She says, I asked God, why haven't you taken me? And, and the, this is what the Holy Spirit told her. He says, Iona, would you stay a little longer if you can win one more soul? That was the Lord saying. And she said, Okay. If I can win one more soul, I'll stay. And she led one other person to the Lord in the, in the old folks' home that she was at. And she died. Wow. Thank you, Thank you. One more. Are we willing to go one more? The value of a soul. The value of a soul. Is priceless. And that's what the Great Commission is about. That's what us as a church is about. That's what Alberta linked, Canada linked is about. Yes. It's about equipping leaders to equip the saints to go out into the world. Amen? So let's just lift our hands. And so Father, we just commend ourselves to you, the Great Commission. Give us boldness, Lord, even as your saints in, in, when they were being persecuted they said, Lord, we grant us boldness that we can go out and preach Jesus. So we ask for boldness. Grant us boldness. Grant us favor and open doors to go out and to preach. Lord, we open our hearts to you and we close the doors to the world that we can fix our eyes on Lord, you, Lord Jesus. Just one more, Lord. Grant us one more. We pray for the world. We pray for Spruce Grove in Alberta. We pray for Canada. One more, Lord, just one more. We commend ourselves to you in this church to you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, and uh, we will look forward to seeing you maybe in April. Amen. Uh, Lynn, come on up. Listen, just before, we're going we're gonna to pray for them, but I want to just say this about the message. Something has been imparted, all right? And, and if you're here and you're thinking, man, uh, I don't think I care that much, don't feel guilty. Just present that to the Lord. See, because this is not performance. I don't want you to go out with a duty, oh, I got to... God can change your heart so that it matters. An organic capacity to have compassion, to think about others, to, to want others to be saved can come up out of nowhere. And so uh, just ask him for it. Just say, Lord, I don't think I'm as passionate as I could be or should be. And so help me here, Lord. Uh, Kim referenced the Philippians being uh, his favorite church. And one of the things that you can look it up, it's in chapter 4. It's no one cared about me like you guys did. And no one else helped me financially other than you when, when I came through and I went on to Macedonia. And, and I don't want to think of this as an obligation. 
I want to think of this as an opportunity. So, Lord, thank you for the opportunity that we have to uh, agree, support in prayer, support financially, whatever we have. We just give from what we have, right? And so, yeah, I just wanted to add that. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Can you give him an ovation? Thank you for doing what you do. Bless you. And uh, let, me, let me just say this as we're closing today. The, uh, the variety of roles that we have in the body of Christ are, are many. And, and yet there's a, a layer of this that we're called to. And a part of our journey is to find out what it is we're called to. And you may be thinking, well, I feel like I'm a missionary. I feel like I'm a prophet. Or I feel like I'm an evangelist. You know, so I'm just waiting for somebody to recognize me and start giving me a salary. <laughs> Doesn't actually work like that. Uh, there's a missionary right now who goes all over Africa and, uh, and different, different places doing huge crusades. And I was, just got the story the other day how he started. He came from Stony Plain. And his pastor said to him, said to me, he said, you know, before he was anybody or anything, he had such a heart for the, the homeless and the street people downtown. He would save up like $20. He'd put $15 of gas in his car, and he'd pray and believe for that because he didn't have anything. And he'd drive downtown, and he would look for homeless people, and he believed that if I could just shake their hand... Something of the spirit that's on me will come on them. And that would be a bridge. And I would give them $5. And this is what he did. I mean, nobody told him he could do that. Nobody told him he should do that. Nobody paid his way. He just had an organic desire in his heart, and he did it. And now he's leading crusades of hundreds of thousands in Africa and other places, India, Bangladesh. Just do, ask God, God, what is in your heart? What should I do? What can I do? You don't need a stage. You don't need an advertisement. You you don't need somebody else to pay your way. You just do what's in your heart to do. So, Father, we say, Lord, teach us how to release your kingdom in all the myriad, the manifold ways that you want your light to shine. We pray in Jesus' name. Everybody said Amen. amen. All right. Have a great week.